As we head into November here and come to the end of a church year, the church reminds us of the reality of death. Now, (laughs) this may sound kind of morbid, but it's actually healthy to reflect on death. In fact, St. Benedict in his rule invited his monks to meditate on death every day. Why? Because it helps keep a proper perspective and helps us remember what's truly most important. Now, I'd like to begin today, as I did on All Souls Day, by just acknowledging the reality of grief. All of us grieve. This is a universal human experience, and there's no escaping it. We're all going to face death in our lives. Well, there are parishioners here who have lost a child, and I always think that's the most painful loss because it's not the natural order of things. And we think of parents who've given life and birth to their children. They nurture them, make so many sacrifices for them. And then when you lose a child, that creates a deep wound in the heart. Over the years, I've buried many people who've lived the marriage vocation well. And also the pain of losing your spouse is a very deep one. In marriage, the two become one. And so when you lose your spouse, it's like part of you is missing. There's a void in your life. And then if we live long enough, we're Most of us are going to face burying our grandparents and parents, so we're all touched by grief. In the midst of the loneliness of grief, I want to mention just three things. First, God is with us. We're surrounded by that visible reminder on the walls of our church, the words, God's dwelling is with the human race. Remember, too, Jesus wept at the tomb of his friend Lazarus. So we remember Jesus weeps with us in our grief. It's precisely in the midst of our wounds that we encounter the Lord. Secondly, the church reminds us during this month of November of the importance of praying for the dead. In fact, there's a plenary indulgence attached to praying in a cemetery the first eight days of November. It's an act of charity to visit a cemetery and pray for the faithful departed. Some time ago, I read a book by Father Chris Allaire, who's part of Father Michael Gately's community. His book focused on how we can help those who've tragically died or those who've died suddenly with little time to prepare for death. Well, the point Father Allaire makes in his book is this. God is outside of time. So when I pray today for someone who's tragically died or someone who died suddenly, Say, I say a chapter of divine mercy, the rosary, whatever prayers I say today, God can use those prayers and apply them to that person's final hour. We can, through our prayers, help somebody in the final moments of their life choose Christ. Padre Pio had that insight once through a vision that a person he prayed for 60 years ago, who had died 60 years ago, God used his prayers to save that person in the final moments of their life. This is the importance of praying for the dead. Finally, the good news of our readings today is that in the midst of our grief, we have the hope of resurrection. All the readings point us to this reality of eternal life. Jesus in the gospel says, God is a God of the living. And he reminds the Sadducees, Abraham is alive. Jacob is alive. Isaac is alive. Because God is a God of the living, not of the dead. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. And those who believe in him will live even in death. Well, I want to close by looking at this marvelous reading this morning from 2 Maccabees. 
So 1st and 2nd Maccabees are part of the historical books of the Old Testament. And it's good to remember our Jewish history. The Jews were a people who for centuries were oppressed. So remember in 587 BC, the Babylonians destroy the Jewish temple, carry the Jews into exile to Babylon. They were in exile 70 years. It was 70 years before they were able to rebuild the temple. King Cyrus of the Persians liberated them from the Babylonian rule. And then the Jews were under the Persian Empire. Well, then in 333 BC, the Greeks take over. And for hundreds of years, from 333 BC to 70 BC, when the Romans conquered, the Jews were under the Greek Empire. It was during this time that the Jews began speaking Greek and even translated the Hebrew scriptures into Greek, which is called the Septuagint. The early Christian church used this Greek Old Testament. Well, around 180 BC, leaders in the Greek Empire began imposing this radical way of Greek culture upon the Jews. Kind of reminds us today of the radical culture being imposed upon us. Well, during this time, Jewish sacrifices were forbidden. Keeping the Sabbath and feasts were banned. Circumcision was outlawed. Possession of the Jewish scriptures was made a capital offense. And then in 167 BC, Antiochus comes in and profanes the temple in Jerusalem by setting up the Olympian god Zeus on the altar. This was like putting a dagger in the heart of the Jewish people. Well, this led to a rebellion among the Jews. So the Maccabean family leads this revolt. And in 165 BC, they recapture the temple, cleansed it of the pagan idols, and rededicated it. This rededication of the temple is still celebrated today as the Feast of Hanukkah. Well, our first reading tells the heroic story of a Jewish mother and her seven sons. During this persecution by the Greeks, these seven sons are arrested, tortured, and the Greeks attempt to force them to eat pork. But we hear about how they heroically chose death rather than violating God's law. Father Ricardo reminds us, however, sin is not so much breaking of a law as breaking a relationship. These seven brothers didn't die for a law. They died for God. And they did not want to do anything to offend the Lord. And so they kept the law. Notice also how the mother encouraged her sons to be courageous and to face death and to be martyrs. This week, we're kicking off Vocation Awareness Week. And Father Luke, who's now our assistant director of vocation, said, please talk about vocations and hold up this mother as an example to all of our parents today. We need parents who are going to encourage their children at all costs to follow God no matter what, and especially if that's a call to priesthood or religious life. But most astounding about the story is here in the Old Testament, we find a firm belief in the resurrection, in life after death. One of the sons cries out, the king of this world will raise us up to live forever one of the sons says, well, if you cut off my hands, I will receive new ones in the next life, in the resurrected life. This is the source of our hope in the face of grief, 
It's our hope in the resurrection that there is life after death for those who have a living faith in Jesus. And so St. Paul reminds us, we do not grieve like those who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose, so too will God through Jesus bring with him those who have fallen asleep. So in this November, as we remember our faithful departed, as we grapple with the reality of grief in our own lives, we hold out this hope of the promise of resurrection and the hope of once again seeing our loved ones. God bless you.